On Before the Bestseller, we talk with our favorite authors about the books they wrote and the stories behind how those books made it big. I'm your host, Alex Straffy, and it's an absolute pleasure to have you here today. And it was nice enough to come on last time to talk about all of the amazing tips, uh, book marketing tips and publishing tips that she shared in her book on Good Authority. In this episode, Anna is actually walking us through why she wrote On Good Authority and the marketing plan that she is putting into place, which includes even, which I think is genius, having mastermind groups distribute her book, which is made up of her exact perfect reader. And so it's my pleasure again to bring on Anna David. Anna, uh, so happy to have you back. If I could have you back 10 episodes in a row, I would. I'm so excited to have you uh, this time break into actually talking about your your plan, uh, why you wrote on Good Authority, and then your marketing for it uh, moving forward. So thank you for taking the time to come back on. Love being here. Why did you write on Good Authority? Well, the idea for on Good Authority started when I realized I had so much content from the interviews I'd done on my podcast. And originally I thought, well, I'm going to just do a compilation. I'm just going to do a book of interviews the way sometimes magazines will do a sort of, you know, they'll, they'll like do, I've seen stories, I think Vanity Fair does it, where they'll do sort of a retrospective on John Hughes or something like that. And they'll have just quotes from, you know, Molly Ringwald and Anthony Michael Hall and all these things. So I thought that's what I'm going to do. And actually, I was talking to Rob Fitzpatrick. I think it was, it must have been when I had him on my podcast. And I told him I was thinking of doing this. And he said, uh, he said something about like, oh, combining all those, that'll be a, an interesting research project. And I said, no, 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 I think I'm just going to do essays. And then I thought about it. Um, and I thought, do I really want to dig into this or do I want to make this an easy book to put out? And I decided I really wanted to dig into it. And so, it was no small task to, you know, get the transcripts of all the interviews, read through them, decide, this this is a very long answer, I realize that, um, decide what were my favorite interviews and what were my favorite things that those people said, divide that into sections, and then, and then create a book from there. But what was so amazing about doing that is when you're on the content train and you're so focused on, okay, did the interview, get it out, get the next interview. There was, there were gems in there that I would have totally missed because I was just too busy. And so having to delve through it, now I can quote those. Like when you, when in our last interview, you mentioned something and I was like, oh, Paul Angoni said that. I can quote from these interviews because I was so deeply embedded in the material. And so I was giving myself this gift I didn't, I didn't realize. It's like, yeah, it's like realizing that you've actually put out really, really good content and there's really good stuff in there. Yeah, uh, which I'm so thankful for. Uh, so then, yeah, walk us through. I know you actually used some of uh, Rob's software uh, when it came to, and and that was like one thing I noticed about the book is it's such an easy read. Obviously, you know, 100 to 200 pages is like you know the sweet spot right now, but it just flowed so well from one section that to the next. And I know you put so much work into it so that it would do that. So could you t- tell us a little bit about what that process looked like? Well, you knew that because you were very sweetly one of my beta readers, and I'm so grateful. Beta reading is a bit of a thankless task because (laughs) it's kind of anonymous. Um, I will, full disclosure, I did not have a good experience with that. 
Um, What happened is I signed up for that software and that community. And I used beta readers, half that um, were from my list and people I knew and half from that community. And like many communities made up of, let's just say some delusional writers, there was so much bitterness about me sort of breaking the delusions and say, oh my God, I had two people who wrote me, who wrote on the manuscript, you're, you know, this is trite. Um, I don't care about this. You're making it sound like this is a book that only, only famous celebrities. That's where I kind of understood when, when they started to go off on that, on you're making it seem like only celebrities and famous people can do this. I realized that it was not coming from a helpful place, that it was coming from fear and animosity. And, and these were people who are still thinking they can get traditional book deals and they can't. And it's funny, my assistant and I were talking about, it. I was so devastated. I cried over, over some of this feedback because I've never in my life, I've been in every writing group. I majored in creative writing. I've had Goodreads. I've never had people be so harsh and because it was so personal. And I, she told my assistants like, you know, it's funny because um, before I started working for you, I was in that camp. I thought like, oh, I just sell a book to a publisher and blah, blah, blah. And, um, and I have a friend who's in that camp and I started to tell him the way it really is. And he got so mad at me. And that's what you're dealing with. So I was really totally hurt by the feedback. I do think what it taught me is I, without a doubt, do not want those people thinking this is the book for them. And I actually, at that point, had a quiz at the beginning of the book that said, "You're if you don't pass this quiz, don't yeah. read this book. Yeah, I, I remember that disclaimer in the front. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was like, if you're still someone who thinks, you know, you're going to go and get a publishing deal and become rich and famous, like this is not for you, which is, you know, that's half of it is figuring out who it's not for, right? So I think it helped in that way. And there was, there was a lot of anger over, I had this big section on, well, I, I had a lot in there about traditional publishing and about how to hit the New York Times list. And, and people, they seemed very angry they were very, the feedback I got that I think might've been helpful is that it was very disjointed. And so I figured, um, and then they were like, why are you assuming we care about the New York Times list? I don't care about that. So I just cut that and cut everything about traditional publishing because I think that was where it was seeming disjointed. Meanwhile, it's like those people, their books never came out and all that stuff. But I, um, so I don't know if I recommend beta reading. Yeah, um, that's interesting. And I I do find that it's, yeah, it goes back to like the conflicting advice between like, you know, if you ask, Henry Ford says, you know, if you ask people what they wanted, they say a faster horse, not a car, right? But then you get the people that say, oh, you should only, you know, be talking to the fan base. They're the ones who tell you what, you know, what they're going to want. So just one of those things where I guess it's just based on your experience, figuring out what works best for you. Um, Tell me about your marketing plan. You know, obviously I'm, I'm always hungry for a good marketing plan. So, um, you know, what, what were you hoping, I guess, first that this book did for you? Uh, and then, because obviously your marketing plan is entirely, you know, based around your goals for the book. So, mm-hmm. you know, tell me about how the marketing plan has to do with uh, your goals for, for why you put it out there. Well, my goal, my main goal was to have a book to hand out 
to my ideal client. The closest thing I had to that was make your master memoir. And that really wasn't right. Okay. You know, I really think of Genius Network, this, this uh, community that I'm lucky enough to be a part of. And I, I th- always think about the, the the annual event. What do they have in the like in the guest room? Um, what book do I want given out there? Because that that's that event is made up of 350 of my ideal clients. So what do I want them to grab? And what do and and how do I want to write something that will make them hire me? And I will say that was a bit of a conflict with this book because I wanted to help the people who couldn't afford to hire us, as well as show the people who could afford to hire us. Um, all that goes into what we do. Um, so I wanted that. So frankly, anything else was frosting. Um, uh, so I wanted to have at least a hundred Amazon reviews so that when that those people looked, they saw that it had legitimacy. Um, and, and I wanted to, to help people, like I said, who couldn't afford to hire us. I do think it's definitely done that. Um, I will say great success to me is that um, yeah, I so don't care about book sales that I great success was reaching out to four people I know who have masterminds and saying, could I give you this, you know, 30 copies of this book for your mastermind? And all, all of them said yes. And I'm getting feedback from the people there. Uh, that's great. So, so that was success. Um, you and know, that's I, actually you know the, the seeding of the copies in the hands of the exact people who actually should have a copy of your book. That's actually probably going to help you long term with book sales. Yeah, it's definitely a long term plan. It's. I was thinking about this this morning. You know, when I do my newsletter and when I do my podcast, I'm really never thinking about promoting my books or my products. But with this, it's so organic that I actually do. Because it's and, written. Um, you wrote it. You, you actually knew why you're writing it. And so then it's in so in line with what you're already doing. Yeah. And so I don't feel like I'm trying to sell. I think I'm trying to help the people who are already interested in yeah. this topic. Um, but Yeah. I mean, beyond that, you know, I, I did a lot of, um, one thing I did that, that I talk about in the book that I didn't find to be particularly successful was a strategy to reach out to influencers, um, that I knew ahead of time and, and sort of, um, somebody had suggested you write this very, like people want to help, um, a mission. They don't really want to help a person. We're also overwhelmed by please help me in my book. So explain the mission behind the book, send it to these people, you know, who have audiences and then get very organized about how they're going to help you. And I send this email, I get zero response. And then I sort of follow up and they're like, oh, I thought that was like a newsletter. Nobody wants to read this long and passionate thing. And I do think it's a generational difference. I think, you know, Gen X, they're just like, oh, he sent me this long thing. I think the younger people are more care more about causes. I don't know. That did not work. And then I would say, and then I had a team member who was following up with them. I would say I got a lot more from the people on my launch squad who just, you know, inherently went and posted about it and promoted it and had me on podcasts and things like that. I also tried a strategy of um, trying to get on podcasts that seem to have uh, listeners that were my ideal clients. And I looked at where uh, one of my competitors, what podcasts he'd been on. 
Yeah. Was like, twin. Yep. Yeah. I was like, okay, let's try this. And I used uh, your um, amazing template. And I have a similar template, <laughs> but it's very much inspired by yours um, to pitch. And, and, and I actually, I will admit this. I set up, I don't know why my hand is going up. I set up uh, a separate email address. So this is a technique, um, Anna D at AnnaDavid.com. And I had a team member handling it. Okay. Pitching from me, not a totally authentic thing. Okay. Um, and, um, and we pitched 10 shows and got one immediate, got two immediate yeses. Uh, both of them saying this is the best pitch. Um, a bunch of ignores. I mean, whatever, six or seven. And then, and I can't do math. And then two people who said, yes, I'm putting you on the wait list. Um, what I did learn is that a lot of times people aren't seeing your podcast pitches. Cause I went to LinkedIn. I was like, you know what? I'm going to follow up on LinkedIn. Turns out I was already connected to two of those podcasters and we'd already messaged, like they knew me. And I just set them up there. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm a little, then I was like embarrassed. I, so I was going to say, can I go on your podcast? But I haven't yet. And, you know, and then, like I said, it's like, I, I really got good on this one about where do I want to put my energy? What is that going to do for me? I have a long-term goal with this. This is going to be a book I'm promoting for the, till, you know, the end of time. So I don't need to do that now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I know Chandler says it's always like the uh, Chandler Bolt is always like, yeah. you know, the Camry the launch versus the Ferrari launch, right? Like the Ferrari goes really quick and it's short term as opposed to the Camry, which is like, you know, the long term actually gets somewhere. They're old, reliable uh, type launch. So I, I know it's going to absolutely know it's going to work out uh, long term for you. 134 reviews so far. How did you is that your launch team or how have you done so well getting reviews? I think most of it was the launch team. Uh, one thing I will say, because this is something um, I read the Chandler said, he said, when anyone writes you and says, I loved your book, you copy it. Oh, I think you've even put this in your newsletter too. You copy it and you send it back to them and you say, would you please go to Amazon and just do this? I don't think I get as many fan letters as Chandler because I've only done it twice and it did work. Um, so that that is definitely something. Most of the people who wrote me and told me they love the book were on my launch spot. So they'd already done the reviews. Um, yeah. yeah, we gathered about, oh, this was another technique. Um, I sent out a newsletter and I said, please join my launch squad or whatever I said, didn't get an amazing response, sent out a second email and said a week or two later and said, my book is in trouble. That was the subject line. And then I said, you guys didn't really respond to this. I, I really need people for my launch and got a terrific response. Mm. What's funny is I'm I then vulnerable. But I then talked about that on, on a podcast and it was quite sweet. Somebody on the newsletter wrote me and said, I heard you say this on the podcast. I think of you as really honest. Were you lying when you said your book is in trouble? Because I don't really like want to support it. But it was kind of sweet. And I was like, it was sweet. And I was like, well, let me clarify. In trouble was a pretty extreme way to phrase it. But yeah, I was going to be in trouble if I only had 50 people on my launch squad. So we got that. Then what we did is we went and looked at the back end of Kajabi and looked at who opens my newsletters a lot and didn't sign up for the launch squad and sent them individual emails asking them. Um, so, 
Yeah, it was it was primarily that. Yeah. And how many people total did you get to be on your launch team? Um, I, d- I think it was about 150, which means that other reviews have happened because I think you, you know, I think we had a 50% success rate, which yeah. is pretty good. Yeah, that's, that's, that is pretty good. Uh, blurred by Michael Gerber. Uh, that man doesn't do a whole lot these days. I think he's, he's kind of chilling. How did you g- uh, get him to, uh, to do the blurb for your book? Well, okay. This is weird. Michael Gerber came to me, uh, about six months ago and said, um, I want to work with you. And I was like, wait, I'm sorry. Is this Michael Gerber, e-myth author? And he says, yeah. And he is a character, this man. I think he's 86. And he wants what he wants. And so he was very insistent that we work together. And we got on a bunch of Zooms. And it didn't really work because I already have a company that I'm running. And um, it was, let's just say it was more going to be a long-term payoff than a, a short-term payoff. Yeah. Um, but we became, I would say pretty good friends. And, um, I, you know, I, I helped him in some ways and connected him to some people. And he just was like, I was like, will you write the intro to this? And he's like, I'd be honored. And he's blurbed my courses and all of these things. So yeah, he's a sweetheart. He still, he emailed me the other day. How did... Any replicatable uh, techniques there that people can employ to build those types of relationships in the same way? Like, how did how did he find you? I still don't know. I've, I've never asked him. Here's what I think. I think it was, I have a friend who works for a website called business.com, which frankly, I'd never heard of. And it's just a newsletter. It's not, It's like, doesn't even go on a website. And he did, he assigned a story on me. I never even saw it because it just was this newsletter. And it was that day I saw Michael Gerber signed up for my email list. And I was like, that can't be the Michael Gerber. But I've never asked him. That man talks. I don't even get a chance to like work in, hey, how'd you find me? Um, (laughs) But Uh, yeah. That's funny. Uh, In the book, you talk about daily actions being so important uh, to push your book. Any daily actions that uh, you're consistently doing day in, day out uh, for ungood authority? Yeah. I mean, I would say every day, well, right now I'm doing, you know, a batching of, of all my content, but every day I do something, you know, one of my clients, Chris Joseph, or no, it was Samantha Perkins, um, said every day I, she goes, my goal is to sell one book a day. And she says, no matter what I do, even if I do nothing, she goes, I look. And at the end of a month, I've always sold 30 copies. Um, but, you know, ever you know, because I space out my, you know, because I schedule all my social on over the weekend, I'm technically not doing it every day. But I think if you're building, you should be doing something, writing, posting, doing a newsletter, um, going to a an event, um, you know, meeting the right people. When it yeah. comes to building a business from your book, I... I mean, I bet you 100% agree with me. Like the main thing is know that there are people out there who will pay you. (laughs) That's it. Yeah. Um, The long term. Yeah. Yeah. If there aren't people that know, like, and trust you, they're not going to ever give you their money. Yeah. I love uh, also that you're approaching the masterminds of your exact, you know, perfect 
person because I think that's going to get you farther than anything else. That's awesome. Well, I'm excited to have you back on after you've moved 10,000 copies of this uh, to talk about it. Um, I know it's going to happen. So Anna, it's always such a pleasure to talk to you, learn from you. Um, Anna's newsletter is fantastic as well. How can people get to your newsletter? Just go to authoritysecrets.club. Authoritysecrets.club. Perfect. Sounds like a plan. Uh, Well, thanks for coming on, Anna. Thank you so much, Alex. What a pleasure. Thank you for listening. I know there's many other things you could have been doing during this time, and I hope you found this episode incredibly useful for you and your journey. And if you did, or if you have any feedback, I would love to hear that in a review on Apple. That would be fantastic or anywhere else that you are listening to this show. So thank you. And if you're the type of listener that is also an author or looking to be an author soon, feel free to email me at alex at advancedamazonads.com. That's alex at advancedamazonads.com. And I'll add you to our weekly newsletter where I send out all of the best marketing tips I've ever heard from authors that I've had on this show and many of the authors that we work with. So I look forward to hearing from you if that's something you'd find useful. And either way, I look forward to having you back for our next episode. 